wrestling fans and welcome to the internationally known dudes at ringside podcast and now introducing your hosts at a total combined weight of none of your business it's metal geek and joe panther the third the dudes at ringside podcast there you go. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Even better. You know what? Legit, I think it's, I needed a microphone in my hand. It's a very weird. I am so used to when I'm doing that, having a microphone in my hand. I feel weird when I don't do that with a mic. Yeah. So I feel like that's the that's the thing. I just I just needed something in my hands to do it. Yeah. It's so yeah. strange. Yeah. It's like when I first started out my doing this podcast with Geek, I had like a headset and being such a like super fan of Howard Finkel, I always feel like for my birthday, I wanted a microphone and I was like, I don't know what kind of mic. And then I every once in a while, I have premonitions. I could see myself in front of a microphone like Fink at WrestleMania 1. I could see him going, welcome to WrestleMania. And I could see the microphone, and I was like, "Yeah, I need a real microphone. I, I need think... to continue the awesome tradition of Fink and have the real mic." <laughs> like, yeah. I think the headsets work best, to be honest with you, because it, it yeah. cancels out all the noise and everything like that. So that, like, if you have any like exterior noise in the background, it cancels it out through the headset that's connected to the microphone. So, so if our fans aren't familiar with you. Introduce yourself again. Yes. Uh, well, my name is Miranda Morales. I am an independent uh, ring announcer, as you may have heard. I'm also a backstage interviewer uh, based right out of Arizona. And I'm also a podcaster with a few different outlets, including thechairshot.com, luchacentral.com, and Big Gold Belt Media. Yeah, that's awesome. And again, thank you so much for announcing yeah. it. Yeah. You're our second ring announcer we've ever had on our podcast. So. Third, third. Third. Okay. Third. 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 Yeah. Jason. You're forgetting Jason, man. Jason was yeah. a good dude. Jason, Jeez. but he didn't do the announcement. Jason yeah. Licknick from uh, NY, from NYWC and an announcer from a minor league ballpark. Um, very cool. He didn't do the announcement like you and Rain. I guess we didn't really ask him. I guess we were too, so like, do we ask? If, him? If, if when he comes back on, we'll definitely we'll definitely. Go oh, I'll we'll have him do it again because I know he's like. There was a second person that did your announcement, guys. You didn't ask me. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, so what made you come go into becoming like a ring announcer or like a backstage person? What, what were you- yeah, um, I grew up actually a, a wrestling fan in the late 90s. And uh, so I always admire actually first commentators. Um, so like the team of JR and the King, uh, the team at WCW Nitro with Mike Denae, Larry Zabisco, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan, you know, uh, Listening to all of them on commentary was my first big, you know, draw into wrestling. And then slowly, you know, the backstage interviews and the ring announcing all kind of caught my attention. Um, but just the wrestling, of course, as as well. It wasn't until I was living in New Mexico uh, where I got connected with an independent promotion over there called Destiny Wrestling Organization. And they were looking for people to join the crew, like just 
to help just to kind of be a part of, of the group. Um, so I, at that time, didn't even ever think about doing it as, you know, a professional job. I just thought, man, it would be very cool to actually see the behind the scenes of a independent wrestling promotion. And so I let them know I was interested. And when I talked to them about my background and just what I was uh, watching as a kid and also just being very open about, um, you know, a speaking role, they said, let's try you at interviewing. And so I started actually doing backstage interviews for the first few shows and then got moved up into ring announcing. And it's a totally different dynamic though, because when you're interviewing, at least you have takes, you can cut, you can, you know, think about things a little bit more thoroughly, but when you're out, out there on, on the, in the ring, on the mat, um, announcing, you really have just one shot. So it was a kind of a big adjustment, but I really love both of them. Interesting. I don't know if you got any, uh, if you're a fan of New Japan. If you got the chance to see the uh, the G1, I have not. No, see, Japanese wrestling is something I haven't gotten quite like into, and I think some of it definitely is a language thing because I know no Japanese. Uh, you, know, you don't need but- to. And that's what I keep hearing. You don't need to, because the wrestling storytelling is great in the in the clips that I've seen. But yeah, I do love internationally. I do feel like when I do hear ring announcing in other languages or from other countries, a lot of this it's very similar as far as your tone, the flow, all of it is really grandiose, really really big. And I admire that because that in itself, you don't need to understand the language. You can tell, you know, that it's a big deal from the way that they're saying things like you hear like lariato like that that's like it's like yeah. when, you, when you're watching soccer it's the yes. same deal it's a it's same yeah. deal you don't same have deal. to you don't have to understand the only thing you have to hear is go that's, that's it that's it that's all you need to know so but um it's... yeah and there's english commentary too yeah that's a good point yes Oh, what's, up? what's going on, Brandon? Hey, Brandon is another fan of ours. He, he's another uh, podcaster. Mother Hi, podcast Brandon. From Long Island, actually, a father-son podcast. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Father-son podcasting. Papa yeah. Dank. You should check Amazing. them out. They're really, they're good. They're a good crew. <laughs> they, yeah. they go in, they do their interviews, they go to shows. They're out of Long Island, New York. Same. They do skits. They do skits. They do, skits. Right? They do they're good stuff. They're good. That's a unique thing. I don't know a lot of shows if I ever heard a show that does skits. Yeah. But it's funny. We're, we're different on our no, own. They do skits. Yeah, like yeah. other stuff that they, they do. We love doing promos. What's going Hey, Junior. Hey, welcome to you. That's my boss. boss right junior. Hi. Welcome, <laughs> Junior. Welcome. Thank you. That's, an, that's a pretty supportive boss. Yes, yes, he's a great boss, and Key Food is a is a grocery chain that's. I don't know if they have Key Food in Arizona. No, not that. Oh man, not, yeah, not that I'm aware of. We on Tuesdays we have some mean tacos. Junior's from Oakland, and they uh, he makes some a mean taco on, during during Tuesdays, Tuesdays, and sometimes he does it on Mondays or Wednesdays too. But they have different days we do it. Yeah, um, yeah. So. He's a nice boss. He he's very supportive on our podcast. Actually, he stuck our sticker in the front of the store on on the on the Pepsi machine. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the dudes at Ringside uh, sticker on the there. It's cool. Sponsored by dudes at Ringside. <laughs> so 
Sort of, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's not on a Coke machine, Geek works for Coke. It's kind of like, really? Yeah. I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Junior. Thanks for coming right. in. Really appreciate Did it. Did you get the chance to watch the Crown Jewel pay-per-view or uh... No, I haven't watched the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. I did really was following a lot, uh, though, the uh, King of the Ring and Queen's uh, Crown Tournament. Um, those were the big aspects of the Crown Jewel event that I was really keeping track of. I'm sorry, mm. but I'm just, I was very disappointed in the Queen's Crown Tournament. Yeah. You know, there's so much about it where the hype about having a, a you know a women's tournament equivalent to the King of the Ring was a very big deal, but the implementation as far as the matches being so short, um, the yeah, two minutes, there's not a, even yeah, that's it, two minutes, yeah. three minutes, that's it, that's all they got. No, so I, I mean that was a that was a bummer because that could have been where they had some great matches and even the finals, I think. Uh, were what five minutes? Five you know? minutes. Yeah. What is that? And it's like, yeah, I, you know, I am pretty excited for Zelina Vega as the winner, though. I think she's going to make an excellent queen. I think she will very much put this in her character. Um, so I like the idea, but you know, I mean, I still feel like the idea of it fell a bit short from what it could have been. Yeah. Like I, I just told geek, like after he told me who won and I saw it all over Instagram and Twitter, I said, like they could have had torn, made it like an old women's pay-per-view and had it like in like California or New York or New Jersey and made it a full pay-per-view, but of just a tournament and then crown somebody here. Why do they have to do it at crown jewel? Make the matches so short. It makes doesn't make women's wrestling look good, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's silly what they, what they, what they did. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. You lose her? Mm-hmm. You there? Women did a great job, but just they should have made the matches longer. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I lost you guys for a second. Can you yeah. see me? Yeah, I can oh, see, I see you. you. We see you and hear you. So, you're good. <laughs> My rant blew up the camera. Oh, no. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, hear I hear you. We hear you loud and clear. Oh, no, Geek. My rant went. My yeah, rant I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I Just... mean, I don't I don't understand. It's like two, five minutes, two. And okay. They could have. Hmm. Oh, something happened. Yeah, you're on. A, I think you are on a delay. <laughs> you were fine before.
Do you want to go back out and come back in, I guess? Let's see if I can take it off the screen and put it back on. Oh, he's going to try take you off and then put you back on. You there? You there? Can you hear us? Microphone's uh, I think, uh, microphone's muted. Uh-oh. Can you hear us? She muted her microphone. Oh, she's probably checking and seeing if something's wrong with her. But yeah, Joe, I mean, the, the Crown Jewel pay-per-view, very disappointed. Um, you know, very, very disappointing pay-per-view. But uh, so, so what, 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 did, did, you, did you watch it, Joe, at all? Or, uh... I didn't get a chance to watch it, but it seems like it went. Oops. Can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay, yeah, you're better. You're better yes, now. yes, yeah, yeah. I just ended up troubleshooting, and now I'm on my phone, so I think it's all good now. Usually, right. these phones work. Sometimes they get a little choppy, but like we've had a lot of people with phones lately, and they've been good. perfect. Been good, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I, forgot yeah I, I forgot who had a phone, but somebody had a phone. It was really let good. her finish, geek. Let her. Finish. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna go back to what you were talking about the Queen's Crown tournament. I totally agree as far as the matches being way too short, um, and I feel like. You know, I don't, I don't know about a full of it. It seems like WWE has been very specific as far as like saying they're not going to do, they don't have any intentions of doing an all women's event again, which, you know, that's their thing if that's what they want to do or not. But I do think actually having um, matches with a little bit more time um, and, you know, just not, it, it just felt like an afterthought um, and um, even maybe more hype or more confrontation between, um, you know, the two finalists of, of Zelina Vega and Drew do drop maybe like a face to face confrontation or interview, I think would have gotten more people invested because it was a very odd coupling in the, the you know, for that match. Uh, with Dewdrop really making um, a surprise. I mean, she was a, a bracket buster uh, for like a lot of people like me. Uh, thought uh, Shayna Baszler was going to go all the way and and win it. So I think maybe doing something to get people more invested in the finals too could have helped. So it just felt like they just it was very hurried. Mm. De- definitely. I mean, like, I'm happy to see Xavier Woods winning the mm-hmm. King of the Ring. Yeah. That was so awesome. He's such a good worker. He's a good mm-hmm. wrestler. Like he's good for the business and his energy is so perfect. Yeah. For like this era of wrestling. Cause he he does so much. Like his his facial expressions, he knows how to play an instrument and get the crowd with him. It's like they need more people in the business like yeah. Xavier Woods. And not only that, he hosts his own YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, yeah. Down. So, I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. they may hear you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do both. You can watch this show in Up, Up, Down, Down. You know, you could do both. Yeah. No, I mean, Vince McMahon may hear that and he may get in trouble because of the Twitch, the whole Twitch. I think they're, they're connected. The, the, yeah, yeah. I feel uh, like Xavier Woods was one of those exceptions to the rules where because he was so is so popular and has been really lucrative with up, up, and down, up, up, down, down, that the companies recognize that as an asset and has, you know, allowed him to, to continue with that. He's one of the few. Page two. 
yeah. Page one of the few, one. one of the exceptions. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Xavier Woods as King of the Ring is one, a great career milestone for him. Um, I think that he wears the crown well. It will be great to incorporate that in his persona. Um, and it's also a kind of a good counterbalance with Zelina um, as far as kind of having a heel queen and a face king. You know, that's kind of a nice pairing as far as your finalists or, the, or your winners. Um, but it also shows really the impact of the New Day, having now each member of the New Day with a very significant career win um, or milestone, too, really is going to cement them as one of the greatest trios of all time. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but anybody else be like, oh, what about the um, what's the name of that tag team that they always relate the New Day to? Um, the uh, Rock and Roll Express. Oh my God, I can see their faces and I can't think. The Freebirds. Yeah, the Freebirds. Yeah, they always they always I I I am an old school I'm the old school old school guy on the podcast. I do I do I do. The Freebirds are the original. They're then. The New Day is the new age triple team group that will come mm -hmm. in and you think you're getting Xavier Woods and and Big E. You ended up get you ended up getting Xavier Woods and Kopi. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll throw mm -hmm. a curveball at you and they'll give the titles to the two separate guys. You're not getting the guys who you think you're getting. That's what the, the new age free word rules are yeah. in, in wrestling. And, and they both deserve it. Coffee and Biggie deserve it. We, we, me and Joe were there at WrestleMania when. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. When, I when... on my own personal Instagram page, I actually had a reaction. Geek was there, and our mod was there, and my reaction was priceless for his big win. Priceless. Yeah. My dad, my dad had to incorporate his own. <laughs> It was just funny. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny. Yeah, it was cool. That was a my second WrestleMania ever. So yeah, WrestleMania. Yeah, that's, one, that's one of the, I. Well, I haven't hit a whole lot of wrestling milestones. I've been to a Royal Rumble, and that's one of my favorite pay per views ever. Um, so I'm really excited to be to to have gone there. I have not been to a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or a Survivor Series, but those would be the ones I really want to go to. Um, I actually think now that I say it out loud, the Royal Rumble was the very first pay-per-view that I went to. Um, and it was just the one in Phoenix, I believe it was, was 2019. There. Yeah. The, so I mean, me, me and my girlfriend were there. The one oh, Phoenix. really? That oh, that's awesome. That was that, an amazing one. Oh, that was great. Yeah. The reactions were so much better. Yeah. in person than they were on tv because yeah becky's oh, reaction, becky's reaction oh. when, when she won oh my god no. yes i oh when she was led into the match i remember just freaking out i remember yeah. everyone cheering let her in let her in yeah, yeah. and it, it's those moments like i think when you watch something like that that historic you know it's of course in the moment it's like it's a blur you're like oh my gosh how cool is this but in that, you know, in hindsight, too, being able to see what it means in the landscape of wrestling history, too, is always cool to be like, I was there, you know, being there, you guys, when Kofi won, and, you know, I'm sure a lot of events, too, like, 
I, you can list a plethora of big moments that you you've been to. It's a special thing as a wrestling fan that I think anyone, when you have a team or something that you cheer for, it's a big deal. But I think for wrestling, it's you're so invested in those people, and when you see them get their shot to get that opportunity, it it's like you know you get that shot too. You know, and I think for Kofi especially it was so many people looking up to him and his career and his attitude. And when he won, I think I'm sure you guys felt like everybody in that arena. Oh won. my God. Exactly. That, that was amazing. And the, to be honest, the disappointing part is he lost it in two seconds. And that's why yeah. right, that was so disappointing for me and Joe. Yeah. I, I was so mad. I called him yeah. pissed. What the hell? Did they just do to him? They didn't even uh, give him a real match against Brock. They just yeah. ran yeah. into him, f five him, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. No, and ki- I, no kick out. Yeah. No, and I get, I know the point behind that was exactly what it was meant to, to do with Brock as a very dominant champion coming in, taking the belt. But it's also like you spent months and months and time and energy to build this story to squash it in a second. And it's like, why would you put all that energy into building something to then just throw it away in just a few seconds? You know, um, I, I don't know. Granted though, I can't think in my mind though, like how was that supposed to be? You know, maybe a little bit more competition with, with Kofi and Brock. I could have absolutely seen that happen too, where like they had more competitive Definitely. match. Definitely. Um, Cause I think even then fans would have been okay, but knowing like Kofi just, you know, whether he was just drawn out and couldn't do it or it was too much, but just something like that instantaneous is, is, you know, as a fan, you're just like, what, what the heck? What happened? Yeah. yeah. I, it's like, it's like, I, I expected Brock to win that match, but it was like, you know, this, I expected the, the match kind of like the, the Brian Danielson and, and Brock match or the AJ and Brock match where, okay, mm-hmm. Brock's going to beat him down. We're going to beat him down. They're going to come back. But ultimately, Brock's gonna win and respect them. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what um, that's the match I was hoping for when Coffee faced Brock, but we yeah. didn't get that. I was just like, what? What did I just see? Did I just watch it? Literally watched a squash match. You just yeah. beat the crap out of him and toss him aside like nothing. That and the Ricochet Brock Lesnar match pissed me off too. Oh yeah, that one. I mean, I guess Ricochet, I was I wasn't as surprised. It kind of felt like I would have been more surprised if they had made it more of a lengthier match. But it also could have been a perfect opportunity to surprise the fans and have a match that, you know, you didn't expect to be so good. I uh-huh. think when you have matches like that, it's everybody wins, you know, but I think Brock is one of those wrestlers where, you know, he's not much of an enigma. There's no mystery to him. He is exactly who he portrays to be. And his matches are exactly that hard hitting, brutal, intense. And for a lot of people, very short. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that formula works for Brock. And I also think people expect that out of him. Like they expect Brock to come in and in very few, I'm not sure how long his match was um, with, with um, Roman at crown jewel this year, but I don't think anyone expected a squash match at all. And, you know, expected much more of a back and forth between those two guys. Um, So, you know, I, yeah, I think Brock is one of those people 
And it works because I think the fans gravitate towards that. Like, you know exactly who you're getting with Brock and the company knows exactly what they're doing with Brock and everybody, it, it still works out in the end. Yeah. But, but you lost the crown jewel. <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you're building Roman. Roman's going to be champion now for like, you know, Next like year. Bruno San Martino length, mm-hmm. you know, like for 10 years. Yeah. He's, he's Vince's guy right now. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I I respect Roman. But, you know, he's he he's been having the downfall, and then they had the fans didn't like him. Now they like him because he's a heel. But there's so many other wrestlers that they could just young wrestlers they could just give the belt to belt to, and they they just decide to do it. They do the Brock Lesnar thing, and then they give it to Roman. And, okay. It's better than having Brock as champion. But there's so many other wrestlers' talent they can give the belt to that I know that they'll make it, they'll run and make it a so much better game right now because AEW is on their tail, man. They 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 have to pick up their game. They don't yeah, pick up their exactly. game. They're in lots of trouble. I kind of think they, they kind of picked up with, with, uh, with Drew, though. Mm-hmm. They built Drew up and they built Bobby Lashley up. Those mm-hmm. are two people they have built up. Yeah, I think the the Raw uh, Championship, uh, the World Championship there has, as much as maybe they haven't had that with the SmackDown Championship, with Raw between Drew and Bobby and now Big E, that's been the belt where you can grow your stars. And maybe that's the luxury that they have for being so big is that they have all of these belts that they can put on people and utilize it in different ways. Cause at one point you did kind of see almost very similar storylines and strides with Bobby Lashley and, uh, and Roman Reigns where they were both dominant. They were both going after, you know, older guys. They were both, you know, they both, uh, you know, retained at WrestleMania where I thought Bobby was going to lose. Um, but I think too, with the long-term plan they have with Roman, you know, he's just going to be champion forever, but you do have this other belt in the world championship where you can move that around more and utilize that to build up people and that's still enough of a story for people to gravitate to. So that's kind of a an interesting thing with WWE is the fact that they're so big that they can do so many storylines at once. And some, I mean, a lot of them don't make sense. I'm not saying, you know, a lot of the storylines don't, you know, really capture my attention. But the differences between the world title pictures, I can appreciate. Hmm. So it's, like, I, it's like, oh, go ahead, Joe. So. I guess kind of think that like I want to go to the old school stuff. I would have had Raw keep a different style title, keep the name, mm-hmm. but just make the title look different. Because if you think about it, the Raw and SmackDown titles look exactly the same, just different mm-hmm. pattern of a color. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's going on, Kelby? Kelby's a super fan out here in Arizona, all over the West Coast. Welcome. Welcome. Yes. Bart is Bart. Yes. Kelby and Bart um, uh, often make predictions of, you know, what's going to be happening at the upcoming shows. And he also does his own rundowns on social media. Um, so uh, Kelby is a very avid. I mean, he's he's gone all over the place for wrestling shows. Um, so 
Thank you, awesome. Kelby, for tuning in. Thanks, please, thanks, please, thanks please, for the please, likes, by the way. Kelby, please tell your friends about us and tell them your that dudes at ringside is live right now with your one of your favorite people. <laughs> hey, he may be we may become one of his favorite people on the yeah. East Coast. Never know. And right. East Coast podcast. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, so yeah, our, I think uh, that they they should have won with a different pattern of title stream because back in the day, Raw had the world heavyweight title and SmackDown had a different style title. But they choose to like you could probably can't see it because it's covered by the logo, but I have the raw title on this side oh. and I have the old school title here. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Go with like one pattern belt and go with another pattern of belt. Mm-hmm. Don't both both look the same. That's why yeah. I didn't like I mean, even when they had the original, you know, uh draft and the division in um, programmings when you had the world championship belt and the and the WWE championship, you know, e- even that, you know, in its most recent form was uh, exactly that, giving some differential between that. And it's still, both were still important. Um, and they had it in their own way. So I see what you mean as far as like when you have two almost identical belts with, you know, different names, is it too similar where you expect so much, you know, so much of the stories and the competitors to be similar or when you have different belts and different meanings and different history behind it, you know, how that makes sometimes the stories and the matchups and, you know, what, what you're building towards feel different. I I remember back then the intercontinental title used to mean like the workers, the workers belt. The wor- it was the worker's belt. Like, you know what I meant by the worker's belt? The hardest working person had that belt. Mm-hmm. And the company. Like Brett. Yeah, like Texas Brett. Tornado. Mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect. I already think I said that name. Uh, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. The names go on and on and on. Ed, Edge, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle. Chris Jericho, Christian. Yeah. Like, Pat Patterson. Like, the names. The the names would be down this awesome hallway with these cool pictures on it. Now it's just like, oh. Okay, who do we give it to? We'll give it to this person, you know, they, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's, I mean, that's what what disappoints me about the Intercontinental title is that it was when I was growing up, it was always the working title, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it has a, a, such a, a rooted lineage, and it, and you're right, like for the longest time and it still has its you know moments i think like when you look at biggie as someone who's more recently won the intercontinental title and now is a world champion it still has that merit but it's not as maybe predictable maybe anymore or it's not the success rate of that isn't always as sure you know like i think like ultimate warrior you know someone like you knew like when he won the belt, he, he was on that trajectory. You know, even Austin Rock, you know, they had a huge feud for the Intercontinental Championship, but that and eventually translated to the world title picture. You know, uh, Triple H, uh, yeah. Kurt Angle. Yeah. You know, like there was, there's people now when you say that and, and their Intercontinental title reign, and you're like, it absolutely makes sense that they won that and where it goes. But it's almost not a sure thing anymore. You exactly. know, you see someone winning the Intercontinental title. And you absolutely don't know. And you think they would get that opportunity, but they don't always. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Like, Ziggler's another one. Mm. 
Ziggler and and the Miz. Oh yeah, Ziggler. Like, like I said, the names go on and on and on. Yeah. And I don't even feel like that's my title anymore. They changed the face and they gave it like this. Weird oh yeah, I do not. I do not like the new title. What is mm-hmm. that with that look? When they when they changed it, it was that's a no for me. Mm-mm. Who was drunk when they? Who was drinking too much wine when they drew that picture? Nope. Nope. Now, I draw and I, that looks like they were drunk. <laughs> like. Yeah, Cody. Cody's another. Oh yeah, Cody's another one, and Goldust is another Mm -hmm. one, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Goldust was a really underrated Intercontinental Champion. Like that was, yeah. But yeah, I'm not a fan of the new belt. Mm -mm. Nope. What about Cody? Cody's another underrated Intercontinental Champion as well. Yes. Yeah, and that's also another thing too. Like uh, that, those are also names where. You know, they, they won the belt and really never got close to it. And I understand it is more of a mid-card title, so sometimes it was really just meant to keep people within that, that lane. Um, but, you know, I think that it it's it's still something that now it's just it's more unsure. I feel like that's just the best way that I can think of it. You're just never, you aren't as sure as, you know, what the success of the person will be when they win it yeah mm-hmm. what are your feelings about the in, the united states title well that one i mean looking at the super the lineage on in the wcw realm you know i started to kind of go down a rabbit hole of like mid you know to late 90s wcw nitros And so, like, that was cool to see. As far as, like, how successful it's been since it's been within the WWE, like, eh, not not as much, you know. I do think, though, it's on the up and up because, like, Damian Priest as the the United States champion right now is a fairly good fit. Like, I was surprised um, that how well he's handled himself as United States champion. Um, So, yeah, so I feel like, Okay, you know, United States champion, I see you. I see I see what you're trying to do here. Um, because even at one point when, you know, they had like the open challenge, like that was a very United States championship type of, you know, thing. And you was very synonymous with the United States championship. So I feel like it's had some peaks and, and valleys more in the past few years, but the, right now I would say it's on a high. I would say to me personally, the United States Championship has a little bit more weight than the Intercontinental. Mm. Especially, when, I remember when Cena had the Open Challenge. And yes, he had, yes, he had so many great matches. So many. Ugh. Like everybody working with Cena was great. It's Sami Zayn. You had Kevin yeah. Owens. Cesaro was another great one. Mm-hmm. And that was when Kevin Owens debuted, right? The U.S. Open Challenge. Yeah, yeah. On Raw, right? Yeah. And he and he was still the NXT champion at the time. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Have you been watching NXT 2, 2K yet? Anything? 2.0. Yeah, 2.0. I know. It's 2K. <laughs> NXT 2K video game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. NXT 2.0. It's been a big shift for me. So on Lucha Central, uh, on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, uh, I, I work with a team, uh, Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. And the way, in order to cover all the Lucha Libre and pro wrestling that's happening, we take a divide and conquer approach. And we each cover different shows and promotions. And one of my uh, shows that I cover is NXT. And from a Lucha Libre standpoint, 
but also I think just in general, as someone who's watched NXT consistently over the past few years, it is a big change and it was very sudden and it was very quick. And I'm still learning how to process my feelings for it because, you know, looking at the origins of NXT, because I really started to pick up NXT again when the force, when the four horsewomen were feuding. You know, like really, especially the the rise of Bailey. Like I was a huge, huge Bailey fan when she was the Bailey that we knew and loved with the side ponytail and you know the streamers and all of that. I loved that story. I loved her underdog story and really was invested in that. And and also kind of you know when the the horsewomen were going on to Raw, um, that was when I was really invested. But I knew a little bit about the history before then, and then NXT just grew into this, um, you know, the show that had some of the best wrestling and all of of pro wrestling, and then you know picked up a lot of the best independent talent in the entire world, and that's what we got used to. But then when they dramatically changed away from that formula to NXT 2.0 to really focus and hone in on the homegrown talent again, it was like you press the restart button and not just with your talent, but with the way that NXT had grown. And part of me wondered, why would you do that? Why would you reset after all the success? But I do get, as far as I understand, some of the motivation behind changing it back to you know, or or changing it up to 2.0 was what it was intended to do, be a system in which, you know, new talent could grow and develop them and enhance them and get them prepared for the larger stage. And maybe it grew too big for its britches. But, you know, I I have to say that it's something I'm getting used to. And I'm, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of all the changes yet. Um, I still feel like, there was an emphasis on the women's division that was the best women's division I thought in all of pro wrestling. And now is feeling very much like, you know, raw and SmackDown where you have three minute matches. And I'm just like, no, no, you had EO Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez still there. But I mean, from Dakota Kai to Candice LeRae to, uh, you know, Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler. I mean, some of the best women in all of pro wrestling. And now you're telling me you're going to send them back now with three minute matches. No, sir. I will no. not stand for this. No, it's like, and, and not only that, it's like you had the best women's match you've ever had in yep. your, in the, well, I don't want to say that because you had Lita and Trish was great too. Yeah. But, but I want to say that's probably the most recent best women's match I've ever seen in Bailey and Sasha at yes. Barclays Center. Probably uh, ab- my favorite. That was one of my the- top five favorites of all time. Period. I don't no, care. Yeah, no, no, no competition right there. Yeah, <laughs> but, I uh, love it. Yeah, I was there, and uh, I, I, and the place was just losing their shit right there. How crazy it was. When I feel yeah. sad, sometimes I'll just put that sh- that match on. I love it so I'm much. Cursed. You 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 can curse here. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Allowed. You're allowed to curse. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but, I appreciate. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. I geek even cried when he was there to watch that match. A little tear came from his eye, even though I'm the heel of the podcast. To see Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha all hug, <sighs> yeah, yeah, it was, that made me a little cry a little bit. Because it was so sad, she was. They were all See, leaving. Even, even, even geeks heal when healing on mod. Yeah, uh, on that day, 
Geek's heart grew three times so too big. Yeah. He didn't even announce his girlfriend was with him. <laughs> Ever since Spiffy, he's like, oh, she was she next was, to me. She, I forgot. She was there. <laughs> he's like, I can read her here in the chat. I cried. I was there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's who was next to you that day. I forgot. <laughs> she cr- she cried as well. There you go. Yeah. So I, you but, know, it it's it's just a big change really quickly. Like I think if maybe there would have been more time or if there would have been a, a, a way to transition it where you still maybe kept more elements of, of NXT than you got rid of. Because, I mean, they changed the set. They changed the logo. They changed the colors. They changed the, the roster. They changed the entire thing in, what, a week? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to do. That, that, yeah, they, like, they really hit. They really hit the reset button on that. The one that got me the most, and I'm an old school fan, and I love tag team, old school tag teams. I know. Just, uh, I know he's going with this. I know, Joe. Just go ahead, and say it. I know. Last podcast I said it. Rick, uh, Rick Steiner's son. Oh yeah. Oh man, I, I lost my mind. I was like. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some great talent, you know. One person who is, I believe, set to uh, debut next week. Uh, I forget his last name, but Solo. Um, uh, he, Aaron? Uh, no, 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 not Aaron Solo. Solo. Uh, I forget what his he's going by now. I have to. to I don't know. Sorry, I'm gonna just look it up real quick because it's gonna bother me. Uh, but you know, uh, he's related to Roman, isn't he? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I, guess, uh, I think I said that the geek. I said, I saw the tribal. I said, he's related to the, that sounds messed up saying this, but he's an oos. He's, 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 uh, he's in this, the family. I see that tattoo. I see the, I clearly see the, um, the thing. The tattoo, yeah. The so, tattoo. That's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a family tattoo. You just can't go that's to a tattoo family. parlor and say, I'll I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to find his new name, but he wrestled in the independence of Sefa Fatu. So he is part, so he's actually the younger brother of the Usos. And so he is um, coming on to NXT next week under a new name. And that is just someone that I, you know, is being able to, um, you know, be a, a ring announcer uh, out here on the West Coast and see people who eventually get signed and are able to do bigger and better things. It's an awesome experience. And like, it's just to see someone that I've announced for that I've worked with that I've, you know, seen all over have an opportunity to be on a huge stage next week. It's like, it's amazing. It's insane. And it also makes sense though. Like again, very much to, um, I forget what, um, Gosh, um, the other uh, uh, Rick Steiner's or uh, son that you were mentioning—I forget what he's going Ron by. Bre- in NXT. Ron Breaker. Braun Breaker. Yes, yeah, Braun. Bre- yeah. So just you know, it uh, makes sense where you know a name change is happening, and it's not related to the family to help establish his own identity. He's going under Solo uh, Sikoa, I think is how they're pronouncing yeah. it. But that is Sefafatu Solo Sikoa is going to be debuting on NXT next week, and that is someone like 
I am super excited for him and this opportunity, and I hope he ends up working his way, um, you know, up the ranks. Carmelo Hayes is also someone that I've announced for before. Um, and when I saw him on NXT, you know, his finesse and his style, like so smooth, man. And I think he's actually a great addition to what NXT is looking like now. So, you know, being able to see these, these names and these people, uh, coming out and in, into NXT right now, you know, it's not all, you know, bad as far as, you know, the, the changes being negative. There's some great people who are getting that recognition in airtime that this is the format that is going to work perfectly for them. And I hope it helps, you know, the same thing happens with solo slash Sefa when he debuts next week, because, you know, I think it's, it's, this is the beginning. This is the beginning of a possibly a long life career in the WWE. Doesn't he have another cousin though? I think. think Well, they have, uh, so they all are part of the kind of Samoan dynasty. So um, I I'm know the Cruiserweight Classic. There was somebody hmm. that wrestled in the Cru- Cruiserweight Classic. He I was part. Of, he was part of the Roman Reigns family. I forgot his name. I, I think to, he's. I think he's in AEW now. I have to look Cruiserweight Classic. I'm gonna have to look that up because now I'm just curious. You, <laughs> you know, know if talking. it was the first. What's up? It, it, was it the first cruiserweight? Yeah, oh, there was, the was only the one. There was only one. Okay, I was one. getting confused with the women's tournament. I'm terrible at memory. They, they, mm. they need to do, do another May Young. They changed the name, but they need they need to do another May Young Classic like that. Even though they can't call it May Young Classic. No, it's not May Young. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the other one. No, they need to do another one. I'm saying they need to do another one. Another May Young Classic is what they need to do. Yeah, but I know who you're, I know who you're talking about. It's the other the other person's not a good person. We heard they can't use May Young. Did not didn't she get in trouble for something? No, that was Mula. Oh, I'm thinking May wasn't May Young too. No, it wasn't May. Young. No, just Mula. Yeah, Mula was the Mula's canceled. Yeah, a lot of canceled. bad things. She did. She did <laughs> wow, a lot of man. bad things. I get canceled too. Oh, there we go. There's a picture of my favorite tag team of all time. Yes, I and they yeah. heard me. Instagram heard me. They said, "What's that, Joe? We want you to show a picture of this your favorite tag team on the podcast that they can't see later on." This is Steiner Brothers. Can't play the theme song. I'll I'll do my inter- my own interpretation of yeah. it. I can't know. find that. And I was looking at the Cruiserweight Classic list, and there's no one that's standing out that I think. I don't. I don't think. I know he was. In, I know he was in it though. I know he was in it. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to look at look at. Kind out. of dog do you have? It's so cute. It's so oh, cute. so I have right now. I have uh, three dogs. Uh, they're all very small, and um, two of them are Chihuahua mixes, and one is um, a Terrier mix. <laughs> Our so mom. yeah. Our mod always asks that same question, and I'm like, I'm just gonna ask it before she starts. You, you can see the chat. She says, "I hear floof. Floof is like <laughs> our code for dog on the podcast." Oh. Uh, so if you hear the word floof, see the word floof in the in the chat, that's her saying, "I hear a dog." Our cat. Our cat. Yes. Our cat. <laughs> we had a cat. We were we were doing a Ring of Honor show, just dedicated to Ring of Honor. 
And this girl is talking about Ring of Honor. Her cat walks on the table and just headbutts the camera. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Just wham. That, that was one of our old episodes. I was like, yeah, was we're all super old. old. But it was funny. It was, it was the funniest thing ever. I'm just like, I still had my head mic on. I'm like, hey, hey, kitty. <laughs> just out of nowhere. <laughs> Boom. All right. It was okay. like that thing. Well, when we get a follower on Twitch, it goes, it shows a cat and it goes like this. Like that. Nobody's following us today, so yeah. you wouldn't see that sad face. <laughs> Unless you have a Twitch, you can just subscribe on it while you're watching us. <laughs> like, yeah. No, do, you have, do you have any place that the uh, everyone could find you? or? Uh... Yeah, so uh, I was, you know, I was going to make a joke. Uh, I think it was Joe you mentioned uh, if I was on Twitter. So that's the running joke. I'm not on Twitter. Um, because Twitter is an overwhelming place for me to be. <laughs> I am my my friend and uh, podcasting colleague Greg DeMarco says I'm the Twitterless heroine. So <laughs> I I am not on Twitter, uh, but I am on Instagram at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out, and then on Facebook um, at uh, the hashtag Miranda as well. Um, and then all of the uh, websites I mentioned, thechairshot.com is where I'm on two shows, um, the Babyface Heel podcast and the Hashtag Miranda show, luchacentral.com um, on the Lucha Central weekly podcast with Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy. And then with Big Gold Belt Media, um, I do a weekly impact wrestling review with Najir Chambers. So that's also why I have te- terrible memory because there's a lot of wrestling I try and keep up with that I just don't do <laughs> very well. But yeah. Uh, yeah, watch, I you know uh, try to keep refreshed with at least everything happening in world in the world of pro wrestling. We've had quite a few people from Impact on our podcast. We actually had Masha. 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 Wow. I lost yeah, my yeah. freaking mind when he told yeah. me that Masha got signed. I was yeah. like, yes. This, you was know, before, this was before she got signed, by the way. This yes. Before, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, that's a really, it's a really exciting time for the knockouts division. Uh, Masha getting signed, Lady Frost. Um, yeah. I think they, they've had to do some rebuilding. You know, when they lost Taya, you know, that was kind of, you know, a big hole to fill on their roster. Um you know, they had jazz for a little bit there. Um, ODB has come in and out. Um, uh, Taylor Wilde coming back. Um, Tessa Blanchard. In, you know, Tessa, yeah, as yeah. far as when, when her departure. So I feel like they've done a great job of using the roster that they have. But it's a little bit lean in the sense that it's not really a big. And you've had Deanna Parazzo really go through everybody on the roster. Um, and so, you know, you got to replenish to build up stories and to rebuild up not just your knockouts division for the singles title, but also your tag division. So I was someone who really was excited when I heard that the inspiration formerly known as the Iconics getting signed, because I think they are perfect for impact. They are perfect, perfect, perfect for impact. Yeah. They're funny. Me me, me and, uh, the mod, we, we met her during, uh, 
what's it uh royal rumble weekend in phoenix super nice people Just oh so yeah super nice yes yeah i actually participated in an interview presser with the inspiration on wednesday this week for big gold belt media um, and got to ask them a question specifically just regarding about their promos and their interviews and kind of what inspires how they put them together because they are really funny and um you know, really like fans just gravitate towards their interviews and their promos because of how um, hilarious they are. And they just said, that's us. You know, we're best friends. We hang out with each other all the time. We see each other every day. And the people that you see, you know, on screen is who we are. And they just get a lot of, you know, inspiration from their everyday interactions. And so that was really cool to have them talk about because I think, you know, that's really one of the more viral things about their presence and why people like them is because they're funny. They're funny. And, you know, it's, it's a funny that people gravitate to. He, they're actually geek and I like, I don't know about geek, but my, on my dream list, dream list of female wrestlers I want to interview with the podcast is th- those two. Yeah. Those two. Yeah. They're funny. I mean, we know they have funny stories about being best friends and getting signed at the same time mm-hmm. and being, and we were there. Geek and I were there when they won the tag team titles at Russell. Oh gosh. Yeah. 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 Even though they were heels that day, I was kind of yeah. like, well, they yeah. Them. I warm, really mm-hmm. warmed up to them. Cause I like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think like, it's a thing where on paper they're heels, but as fans, you like them. Because they do their job right. You know, they do exactly what they're meant to do as heels. And they really did stress in that presser as well how they wanted to stay together. And why I think or or why really, you know, Impact was one of their top choices because, you know, Impact has a division to support that and also has titles to support that. And so, I mean, they're, you know, they could make history on Saturday and become knockouts tag team champions to be the first ever um, women's tag team to win the WWE and the impact of women's tag titles, which is huge for them, you know? And if anyone has a place in history for that, it's absolutely them. I can see them doing it. I see them doing it. I definitely, I told Joe this, Masha is going to be the next women's champion. Well, I doubt. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah, they, yeah. 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 For it and she is perfect because mm-hmm. Masha's style is just not like I'm gonna th- I'm, I'm gonna give you her karanas and uh, give you the lucha moves. No, Masha will throw you down. She's mm-hmm. she is yeah. she's the crap 80s villain. She will throw you down and just destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and and the knockouts division is one where they can feature exactly that you know they build up women from all over the independent scene and the what they've been able to do with diana and not just what they've been able to do but the spotlight they put on diana the work that she's put in to the level that she's has you know i mean I know for the pwy women's 150 that was put out yesterday she's number three um, out of a list of 150, the only two women on top, you know, one was from stardom and the other one was WWE. So, you know, really, I think that's a true testament to the position that the company has put her in, 
her hard work busting her ass all over the independent scene still. And, you know, really someone who the company's put a lot of faith in to be one of their biggest wrestlers overall. But I love where you're going with this as far as, you know, who's next? Because no one's champion forever, even though we joked about, you know, Roman Reigns being champion for 10 years. You know, who are they going to build up to be the next, you know, person in line for the Knockouts Championship? And I think Masha is one where she has the ability and technical skill, but also just someone that people root for. And that is the key in a great baby face as someone, you know, when you think of the dynamic of someone going up against um, Diana, someone that fans are going to want to cheer for and support and, you know, beat, uh, you know, huge odds, but someone who could absolutely do it with their talent. So they have the potential to tell a great story with this long term. And with all the new signees and the people that they're bringing on in the knockouts division, there's a lot of great potential and impact right. seems to be pretty well suited for that. And they just have to event, you know, eventually got to figure out who, who's going to be the one to knock off Diana. And I think they could build Masha to be that next big star. Exactly. Yeah. That, definitely. Exactly. Miranda, we want to thank you so much for coming on, by the way. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Not thank a you. problem guys. This was yeah. awesome. We w- would love you to come back on the podcast. Oh. Yes. Yes. We actually have that date for next year still. I have yes. it on my, yeah. my phone. Yes, so. we still have the February date scheduled. And so I'm happy to uh, jump on um, when we do that in, in February. It's coming sooner than we know it, but I yeah, really appreciate fast. Yeah, Metal Geek and, and Joe. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, everyone, make sure you're tuned in uh, to this podcast uh, because it's a lot of fun. You guys are, you know, really smart of, about your fandom, and uh, I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, and check, get, uh, if our fans want to watch your stuff, tell them where you where they can find you. Yes, yes. Again, find me again on Instagram at the hashtag Miranda. Uh, I post. Uh, on my stories, uh, the information for the weekly podcast, also some clips on my announcing, um, the uh, hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out, and also on Facebook uh, information there. I share a lot of information on upcoming shows uh, that I'm going to be a part of. Um, next show will be Impact Zone Wrestling IZW out here in Scottsdale, Arizona uh, for the 21st anniversary of IZW. Uh, Fully Legal is what the show is called. Um, I have accidentally called it fully loaded and barely legal um, many times because it's a it's the brainchild of those two. But um, yes, uh, please feel free to follow me on social media. And if you're out here on the West Coast at any time, feel free to come by uh, the state of Arizona. So thank you again. So later. Thank you guys. Take care. Bye. Later. Later. That was lots of fun. That was a fun interview, Joe. What do you think? Oh, she was great. Yeah. I can't wait to have her back on in February. It's gonna be even more. She remember she'll have more stories from the ring. Yeah. All that time we'll have more stories to talk about. Mm-hmm. So we may be back in a little. Oh yeah, here we go. Geek and you, you can always find us at http://streamlabs.com/doobs-at-ringside. Thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> You're welcome. And we may be back soon. Don't know, but see you later. <laughs>